We are the Adventuring Guild. And this is the Home Brew Review. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. At this level, we are level 20, our final fifth episode of Tomb of Annihilation. We will be taking on an Adventurer's League module entitled Pools of Cerulean. Uh, It is written by Alexander Lindsay. So we will go ahead and get started in just a second. I want to give a big thank you and a shout out to Seven Pandas and Matt Stark for joining our Patreon page. Uh, Thank you guys very, very much for joining. Uh, We really hope that you're able to get on to the show soon uh, with Chaos Plan and your characters. Uh, Thank you very much, Brayden, for twisting their arms to uh, force them to join, because I'm sure there was uh, coercion and whatnot involved. So thank you, uh, Matt and Seven Pandas, very, very much for doing that. So we will go ahead and get started with introductions before we jump into the game. I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Fred here once again playing Target the Clown, this time at level 20, and the last time, potentially last time, we will see this character. Uh, last week was probably the uh, quietest in terms of what I got from the class. Uh, I didn't get any performance art, or sorry, didn't get any face paint, new features, or anything, but I did manage to take a feat. That was instrumental in uh, allowing me to complete the build that I'd wanted to set out and create the moment I'd seen this class and uh, the different feats and whatnot. Uh, being able to get the best medicine feature, or oh, so performance art going along with one of my face paint performance art at the same time was uh, very powerful and I uh, can guarantee you it only continues to get more insane as we go into 20th level. Uh, the class as a whole up to this point has been, apart from a few very, very minor things, is incredibly well balanced. The versatility of all the different fate uh, paint, uh, nose options that give you different uh, spell lists and whatnot is uh, a great way to allow a person building a clown to change it and make it exactly as they want. Uh, which is awesome. Versatility in a class is something that I uh, always look for and think really adds to the overall package of it. Uh, Moving forward this week, I get an additional performance art with a maximum of five, but with those two extra feats, I have seven total, which may play into one thing that I have noticed may be a little overpowered. Uh, I gain use of the show must go on at 20th level, which is essentially if I start initiative, overall initiative, without any performance art uh, left, I gain one. So that's a fun little handy one, similar to a lot of other class features that uh, other classes get. Um, I gain another subclass. I chose this time to get the mascot face paint. So imagine a little clown coconut in a grey slard outfit, uh, cheering for his friend as they are performing on the battlefield. And the greatest sort of feature of all of these face paints is that at 18th level the last feature you get is pretty much you can expend two uses of your performance art and 
you get to cast a ninth level spell. Uh, there was one that I have the uh, grotesque clown, the one where I do the pies to the eyes and uh, those features. That face paint has a ninth level spell that you can use with only one use of performance art. So I've essentially seven ninth level spells if I was to use that, uh, which seems a little crazy right now, but uh, the performances as them as uh, they are uh, fairly powerful and uh, meant to be used sparingly. So taking that away from you is uh, sort of taking away the sort of core component of the class. So I've made balance out in that respect. Uh, being the mascot this this session, I have got access to the mass heal spell. So I can expend two uh, uses of my performance art. So not too bad, you think I have seven, so I can cast mass heal three times for a maximum of 2100, 2100 uh, hit points of healing to all my friends and myself finally. So I'm looking forward to using that. Um, yeah, I, other things I get, I get my fifth level spell casting finally, and I also increase my charisma to 20, uh, meaning that when I use my best medicine feature to give hit points, I am now going to be healing a base of 25, which is uh, good, good damage, uh, good healing to do at this level. Uh, nothing too special, but a consistent boost, and uh, will hopefully see us through in this episode coming. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I've enjoyed this uh, arc of podcast with our different characters and whatnot through Sin of Annihilation. And yeah, I enjoyed the. I hope everyone enjoys the last episode. Hello, hello, hello! This is Matt Rhino back again pl- playing uh, Desires from the Giants in the Playground's amazing exemplar class. My back to exemplar accelerates, and I am excited to be back with you for this god tier level 20 game. Uh, this is the grand finale of Accelerate, and I'm hoping to show you all that he can do. I do owe there's three apologies though. One, it didn't even occur to me that I was in two concentration spells together last level, so that was my blur haste combo. Seems awesome not actually doable. Uh, second, in an amazing conversation Zyrus and I had, I should be making three attacks in one action, possibly four, without burning my bonus action. I'll get into that in a second. And the third one is that I should be using my extra attack, or I was not correctly using my extra attack. Uh, I just reread it, an extra attack gives me, beginning at fifth level, you attack twice instead of once whenever you take the, the attack action on your turn number of attacks increases to 3 when you reach 11th level of class, and to 4 when you reach 20th level. So I'm going to be hitting a lot. A lot, a lot. And I apologize for that. So, level 16. That was fun. That was a little tricky, but I enjoyed it. Uh, my best features were heightened senses, boost that deck save, and the attack rolls absolutely saved me from the falling roof on a save I never thought I would have had to actually save on. I had a plus 11 to stack. Why would I fail that? But it felt very sweet, so like, uh, as well as the ability to see things that are hidden or invisible by hearing was helpful for the air, mirror image, and it just felt very good. Unexpected personal limitations with stamina points. Holy cow, I was burning through them. Granted, I was using two spells in conjunction, I can't use together, but it felt great. Um, and having no resistance yet hurt, but the D12, D12 of health was definitely lightsaber. As well as the superior resilience to like reduce damage from bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, but it didn't come up. The thing about Bob only throwing cold and necrotic damage at me. Hope you could see my glare through the interwebs. 
Yeah. Yeah, I see there of a frozen Canadian. Um, yeah, balance. Uh, we're gonna get into this definitely in the wrap up a bit more. I've had some good chats. Kind of have some opinions on that. I wish Finesse weapons could do more damage, but I'm used to playing much heavier hitting classes. And then for level 20, changes and what are you get looking out or get to look forward to? I get my speed maxed out at level 17. I gain an ability that once per long rest, I can become a being of pure speed. It gives me 50 additional movement speed. My movement does not provoke opportunities to attack. I gain plus 2 to AC, and I can spend my reaction to make that attack automatically miss, as well as I can spend a stamina point to attack twice using my bonus action. And that lasts for one whole minute. So guys, get ready to see a blur. Um, at level 18, I get the strong resolve. My time in combat throws above me and friendly creatures within 30 feet of me to get advantage on any saving throw that would cause the charmed or frightened condition. Not helpful because, you know, our clowns can never be frightened, but the rest of us, it's been happening a lot. Uh, and I get one more ability score improvement at level 19 and the ultimate resi resistance at level 20, which is resistance to all damage except psychic and necrotic. And with that and the 15 stamina points I'm up to now, I'm excited to see what I can do. So thanks again for having me, and I look forward to being the fastest thing on the field by a long shot. Hello everybody, it's me once again, Micah, returning with Vargox, the Ostian Madurian chieftain, playing the Tyrant Mantle of Power. <clears throat> it's been a long road, you guys, and it's, we've had a lot of fun from horribly terror, terrifying dragon fights all the way up to our uh, valiant vanquishing of Aserak, or I should say, uh, a Grey Slot's valiant vanquishing of Aserak. Uh, I can say that this has been a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to all the crazy shenanigans that we're about to get into. Uh, the Chieftain, coming up from levels 16 through 20, gets some really interesting uh, new abilities. The first of which, at level, six, or level 17, I get the feature Pile on the Pain. Um, so when I use my Savage Ferocity feature, which is the one that lets me make a reaction attack against a creature within five feet of me that, five feet of me that has taken damage, I can command one ally to also attack them. So they can hit him, and then I can be like, rah, and hit him again, and rah. So just like it says, Pile on the Pain, yelling at things and making them die. Um, then uh, at level 18, I get the Fueled by Battle feature which when I, re I regain one use of my battle cry if I roll initiative and have none left. And uh, then following up at level 20, we get our capstone feature, Absolute Rule, the true power of the Chieftain. Um, when I use my battle cry or war chant, I can target one extra creature whenever I do, and finally I can include myself in that. So that's one of the, one of the drawbacks that, that I had seen so much of during the early levels is uh, not having actually you know, being able to use my war chance to power up my allies but there were times I'm like I really wish I could use that on myself but I'll just keep soldiering on and finally at level 20 that has come through where you know I can give that advantage to the next attack not only an ally but myself or you know, I can give that, that bonus to saving throws to an ally or and myself or two allies that need it it's just more more support for a very, very solid support class. Um, and then finally, once per long rest, I can target a number of creatures up to my Charisma modifier when I use my Battle Cry. So that Cull of the Week that I've been using a lot of 
to deal that psychic damage, I can do that against five enemies now instead of just two, or instead of just one. Or I can, you know, give us all the, you know, that quick pick-me-up that we, we so readily need. So being able to spread out all of these effects to a, a few more targets is going to be, I think, really vital in our upcoming encounter to, to making sure that we come out on top. Because I'd hate to see Vargas have to uh, fail in his quest to uh, keep his friends alive. So looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful battle with a wonderful, wonderful class. Definitely one that feels right at home with every other uh, official release class that I've ever seen. So let's get after it, guys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Mike slash Stygius is back with Tyrannia, the arachnid druid circle of the hive homebrew done by Duskwolf. And again, the arachnid is from Scroll of Strange Races. Um, last session, I think, was probably the, the best so far display of what this circle can actually do. Um, I was able to cast spells. I was able to really utilize the swarm shape and the companion swarm. Uh, being able to split into multiple swarms or be able to extend a huge swarm across 50 foot and just zigzag across the battlefield. Um, one thing that I did miss was uh, when an ally is in my swarm, I provide cover to them. Uh, so we're going to utilize that this time around and try to help protect our allies while making multiple attacks by expending those spell slots. Um, as far as things that I gained this time around, the typical druid stuff from level 16 to 20. I'm now an arch druid, so I have an unlimited number of beast shape slash swarm shape. Uh, so I never have to be a person again if I don't want to. And I also gained uh, the ability to cast spells in beast shape or swarm shape as it is here. So now the, the drawback to that for anybody who doesn't play a druid is that you cannot cast spells that require uh, material components, only somatic improvement. So that limits your spell casting, but the fact that you can do it without having to break shape is actually really powerful. It'll allow me to continue healing individuals, and I believe someone mentioned earlier that since I will be able to be in a 50-foot line zigzagging across the battlefield, I should be able to heal all of my allies without actually moving. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, as far as the class goes, the last ability gained at level 20 is called Enlarge Colony. Uh, at this point now, my Companion Swarm increases um, to large. It's by damage, increases to 6, and as a bonus action, I can command the colony to make a bite attack against a creature that shares a space with it. So now that Companion Swarm is able to expand over a number of 5-foot squares and get multiple attacks in it. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing more spidery things. And again, Bob, I love being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And to all of our listeners, everybody who joined recently, thank you very much. Support is very much appreciated. And let's keep this community growing and become one hell of a podcast over the nation and across the world. <laughs> Today, Minden, Nebraska. Tomorrow, the world. Well, technically, we're already an international podcast, right? Very true. What are we going to do today, Bob? Same thing we do every night. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so kind of where you guys, what you guys have been up to is um, the pieces of the Soulmonger uh, that blew up in that volcanic eruption have flown all over the place, and one of them has been recovered um, by an evil group. You're not exactly sure who. Well, you will find out, but um, has been recovered, and they are using it to raise the undead, uh, which is obviously a very terrible thing. 
So, uh, what you guys have been sent to do is uh, go to the old Tomb of the Fire King, is where you found out this uh, shard has been kept. So you guys would have made your way across Chult, found the tomb, destroyed everybody up to that point, and then entered into this small ravine to get to the actual tomb itself. Um, so, uh, I guess real quick, you guys know that some shit's going to go down. Uh, the You know, you saw the two health pots next to the boss door, and you or two pots next to the boss door. You cracked one, a fairy came out, fold one, healed one of you full health. You know, so shit's going to go down. What all prep would you like to do before entering into this next area? I turn into some spiders. Okay. Flying spiders. Flying spiders. Hey, um, you with the wings. Does everyone have dark vision? I do not have dark vision. You never. I cast dark vision. Yep. And the light, there so would be sunlight. Like. Yeah, there would be sunlight here, um, but it would be very dim due to the ash and the smog and everything in this area. Um, so, so I am... <coughs> Uh, try to think if I want. I think I'm going to hold off on any of my war chants until I actually decide what our big threat is. So mm, actually, know. actually, ahead, sorry. I take that back. Um, getting ready, like right before we kick open the door, uh, I'm going to start my brace yourself war chant, and I'm going to target uh, Tarania and. Uh, I'm going to actually go with uh, with Taga. Uh, so Brace Yourself gives you a bonus to saving throws equal to my Charisma modifier. So you get a plus five bonus to saving throws. And since you are the, under the effects of one of my War Chants, you also get that plus five to damage made with uh, melee weapon attacks if you so choose to utilize it. Wow. It might be a good idea to or, give that to uh, Excel. I, I was doing it more for the, the uh, bonus saving throws. I figure he's going to be out of damage enough, or out of yeah, out of the opponent's damage range enough that it might not be quite as big of an issue. But yeah, I can I can give it to uh, Excel instead. So that's, yeah, plus five to sa- all saving throws, and plus five to damage on melee attacks. So we know that we're going into fight something, yeah? Yes, the terrain here, um, basically you're kind of in an under, not underground, but you're kind of in a active volcano-y type region. Uh, you would know that a big ritual is taking place kind of in the center of this. You are almost there. This ravine leads right to where the old tomb of the Fire King is. So it's kind of, you uh, see it approaching, um, so you know shit's going to go down in the next ten minutes, if not sooner. Did we? All right. Have a potion of fire resistance? Yes, you did. May I drink that? How long does the resistance last for? I wonder. Uh, let me find it. I think it's one hour. Let me. Oh. If no, no one else wants to have it, I'll definitely have it. I definitely have to leave to manage it point. I have. Yeah, you easily take it, but I have a plan for us. I like this. I have a very, very quick plan for us. One hour. Uh, you gain resistance to one type of damage for one hour. Okay, I will drink that down and I am ready to go. Uh, Bob. Yes. <laughs> Probably not something you prepped, but hopefully maybe you did. If I wanted to do a survey and run through this entire place, how much distance would I have to cover? Oh, uh, let's see here. Um, from where you guys are at... 
Uh, well, I once I read the flavor text, it will immediately change your idea. Uh, not to meta this at all, but um, you know that uh, I put a map up on the Discord uh, for everybody listening. Uh, so it shows the end of the ravine, the large area uh, where the ritual is taking place, and um, uh, everything on that. You know that the ritual is taking place in the middle of that um, area, and there's pools of lava and broken pillars and rubble and ruins. So you're pretty sure the second you get in there, you're going to be targeted by some shit, but you're not exactly sure what. Yeah, see, that doesn't break my plan at all. Oh, okay. Then uh, let's see here. Uh, Each square is 10 foot, so to go all the way around the outside of this, it's... 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 92. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. We'll call it um, about 300 feet across. And 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. We'll call it about 200 feet across the other direction. So you would need to go um, from about where you are standing, 300 feet to the back wall, 200 feet across, 300 feet back to where you were. All right, and then do the same thing on the inside. Oh, uh, so pretty much where this is all coming from is that at 17th level, I gained the ability uh, max speed. Your speed is simply unmatched. As a bonus action, you can transform yourself into a being of pure speed for one minute. During that time, you gain certain benefits and abilities. Additional 50 movement speed. Your movement does not provoke off the attack. You gain plus two to AC, and whenever you are hit by attack, spend your reaction to make that attack automatically miss. Okay. So that, with a lovely bit of haste, would bring my attack... Oh, haste block better. This is why I was doing the math. Um, if I were to spell, add an extra 50, that becomes 150, 300. So with, with block strider, it's 140. With haste, would be 240. So 240 feet... And that's not with the if I'm dashing, which is the intent. So that math add up. No. So seven hundred and twenty feet. Yeah. So it would take you two rounds to get all the way around. Jesus. Well, I, it would basically only take you one because it's three hundred, three hundred, and two hundred. So you could technically go all the way around. There's just that little bit of the ravine, you know, because you're not standing right in this area yet. You're a little ways up that ravine. So it would take you two rounds to go all the way around there. Uh, that does not include the inside of this pyramid-type structure. That's just, uh, that is this tomb, but uh, that's around the outside of this entire ravine cavern thing. Oh, 320 feet without dash, 740 with a dash would be the whole room. Okay, so that's the whole room itself, I can probably do it. Okay, so here's my plan. <laughs> So I'm thinking I'm going to run, more or less, I'm going to try and take run around the whole place. My attack, don't provoke opportunities attack, I'm hoping this will work. Okay. So for... Oh, crap. Uh, I made a mistake. What's that? So, um, it's only it's only me that gets the, the, the bonus to damage while my war champs are active. I must have misread that somewhere. Okay. So you don't get the plus five of two, two damages. I'm sorry. That was my bad. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> yeah. All good. I think I'll survive. <laughs> you, you, you still have the plus five to your, your save, though. Perfect. So with all that said and done, I'm going to try and run... I'm trying to survey the situation so we don't get hit by anything surprising. This is my ultimate goal here. 
Okay, so you take off running all the way around the outside of this cavern-y type place? So yeah, I cast max speed, which uses up some stamina points, and I also cast haste on myself to double my speed for a minute. Okay. And that's a concentration, so that brings me down. Ooh, just run through everything. Um, that's a third of my stamina points, but yeah. So the goal is to run through everything so I can come back and communicate to the team. Where is everybody? What's going on? Where are we at? All right. You and take... Okay, you take off running. I will go ahead and read the flavor text for everybody, but it will basically be you, the only one that can see it. So, the ravine widens to reveal a ruins of a squat pyramid. Large cracks run through the structure, letting in rivulets of lava that pool in the depression in the center of the room. The front wall has completely crumbled away, exposing a large chamber supported by four pillars. Dragon skeletons are mounted on these pillars, their bones and jaws flexing slowly. A blackened ribcage of a massive creature is just visible above the surface of this lava pool. Clinging to it is a shifty in, uh, clinging to it is a shifty entity, a pit of blackness that hangs in the air, exuding pale green wisps that look like the stretched souls of the dam. A man in resplendent red robe stands near the pool, his tattooed bald pate dripping with sweat as he focuses on his ritual. The wisps of energy coming off of the menacing darkness flow into something the man clutches in his against his chest. A half-circle of towering skeletons stands guard, while a fell figure in blackened armor glances between the ritual and the smoggy landscape from the way they came. So, um, as you run through there, you, he- you see the black-armored individual snap their head up right as you entered into that ravine area. Uh, almost as if some sort of alarm or trap had been triggered. Uh, they hold out their hand, and a weird translucent shimmer appears right in front of the crumbling wall of this pyramid. Um, but there's about just a, uh, about a five-foot gap on either side of it against the walls of that pyramid-type area. Other than that, they look like they just kind of watch this blur as you run by because of how quickly you're running. Um, you go all the way around this pyramid, and other than the uh, streams, the small streams of lava that you have to like partially jump over, there is not anything else uh, in this area that you notice on the outside. Within the pyramid itself, you saw the black armored individual, four giant-sized skeletons, the red-robed-looking individual, and four dragon skeletons, one on each pillar, that support this. All right, then I guess. And since I <laughs> redid the math, I have a 1,280-foot movement speed with a dash. Yeah, very easily able to go So, yeah, I should have been able to get back to our team within that same turn-ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's only 300 feet up, 200 across, 300 back. So yeah. very easily so you're able to. 800 total, so I still have an extra 400 movement speed. Yep. With what Bob just described... I'd be using that movement speed to run in the opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys just see me go and gone. Exactly. Look, you must know something we don't. Is this platform that they're standing on? Uh, no, it's a uh, kind of a broken, ruined stone floor um, that they're standing on. Uh, if you look at the map, that kind of cool-looking thing in the middle is a pool of lava. There is a red road wizard kind of on the edge of that pool, and there is a black mass uh, writhing above it, with the souls of the dam seem to be streaming from it. 
Uh, and then there are four giant-sized skeletons within the pyramid, uh, four dragon skeletons, one on each pillar, and the black-armored individual is right near the entryway of that, that broken area, and some sort of shimmering force is in front of it, with just enough room on either side to allow one person to squeeze through. So, real quick, can I ask a question? Yes. Why is it always the souls of the damned? Why can't the people? souls of the blessed be, be you know, gallivanting about all frolicky? Well, why is it always the souls of the damned writhing in agony? <laughs> Anyone else getting flashbacks to the nymphs episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where my nymphs at? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I'm also going to, uh, Chug that potion of heroism. Alright, so, congratulations to everybody as we get ready to roll initiative. I am just going to issue my obligatory reminder that everybody get their choice of 10 hit points, or you can move your movement speed on the initiative roll. Or sorry, the 10 temporary hit points. That's actually going to be counter, but it's going to counteract my initial heroism, but it's going to be worth it. Yep. All right. What is everybody's initiative? 25. Uh, 11. 22. I think mine's only a plus five modifier, so 11. <laughs> okay, and I'm assuming you'll oh. go... Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you can guess who we got first. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then the enemies. One is going to go between Tyrannia and Excel. Um, the I'm going to call them the humans because uh, they're the, the magic user and the uh, armored individual. Uh, the skeletons are going to go after Taga, and then uh, the dragons uh, go on initiative count 20, so they would be before the humans. All right, so we go ahead and get started. Vargas, you lead the top of the round. All right, so how far away from you know, the skeletons am I? Uh, let's, we'll just go from the edge of the ravine there, uh, kind of where uh, that, that narrowest point is, so 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 90 to the edge of that, that structure, and then, uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, about 40 or 50 feet inside that structure is where those skeletons are, but they definitely look like they'll be advancing towards you. I can't even get within range of a, 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 I can't even, I'm too far away to even yell at them. Yeah. Uh, Yell louder! Yeah. Tell accelerate what you want them to know, and they'll be there in a flash. Yes. So it was—it was more, you know, to you know, break their will and oh, right, you know, gotcha. crush my end, crush my enemies, and see them driven before me. Ah, the lamentation of it. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, I will just dash fifty. Uh, I, will, I will, for the first time ever, dash. That <laughs> move fifty feet. <laughs> To okay. get up into uh, uh, smashing range as best I can, and uh, as I'm going to go, <laughs> okay. I was both shocked and also impressed to you, see you running. Yes, <laughs> but you're just kind of walking. Yeah, and you're you're yeah. just like walking alongside him. That's your walking pace. All right, so then we move on to uh, Tyrannia. All right, um, how far away exactly are we from the guy with the ritual? Uh, let's see, you'd be 90 feet from the that wall, uh, kind of separating everybody, and then he would be about 70 feet away from that entrance area. So a total of 160 feet. Is this so do I have vision of the guy performing the ritual 
from where we I mean, I'm going to go ahead and take advantage of that movement that we get from Vargas and okay. move as close as I can. And then for my action, I'm going to cast Insect Plague on the guy who's doing the ritual. Hold so on, it, What? I would say, the, it's, the, the, that movement option was upon rolling initiative, it's either move your full movement or gain temporary hit points. Oh, okay. See, I wow. can't have temporary hit points as a swarm, so then I, I would have moved that movement upon rolling. I thought it was during right. the first act. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so get that movement during the initiative step, and then during my turn, just go ahead and move my normal 30 and cast Insect Plague on that fella. So okay. on him where he's performing the ritual. Okay. Nice. So that is a uh, 20-foot radius sphere, so 40-foot total diameter. Spreads around corners, remains with duration. Uh, the area is lightly obscured. The sphere's area is difficult terrain. Uh, when it appears, each creature in it must take a constitution saving throw. So if you have the however many of them are inside of it. Yep, I will give you two of them. One of the giant skeletons and uh, the guy himself. Okay. Uh, con-, con saves versus night. Okay. Uh, both fail it horribly. Wow. All right. Off to a good start. Yes. So 40, 10, 21, 23 damage piercing. Okay. A creature must also make a saving throw when it enters a spell area for a first time or on a turn that it ends them. Okay. Okay, so that's that. That's me doing that. That's concentration, so that'll be my concentration spell uh, for current. Um, I'm going to go ahead and keep this my companion swarm. Actually, no, you know, I'll send it straight in. I'll have it double move as close as it can get to any enemies. Okay. Uh, yeah, it would have moved right up there along with you. And you notice so, yeah, that... It'll be... 30 feet in front of me, basically. Yeah. And you notice that when the swarm begins to uh, do its thing on the uh, the giant skeletons, uh, since there isn't a whole lot of meat on those bones to pick at and everything else, they don't take near the damage that you would normally expect it to. Mm-hmm. All right. But the wizard was very, very unhappy about uh, that event happening. That was, that was my goal. Yeah. All right. We then move on to. Uh, there's nobody in range for oh, it. Just, just oh. so you know, Bob. Yes. Uh, when I did my form shape, I did expend my ninth level spell. Oh wow! So I, uh, yeah, so that I am considered huge for the purpose of uh, my size placement and my damage is forty-eight plus six, and um, I gained forty-five hit points to my swarm for that. That's fantastic. Okay. All right. Uh, since nobody is in reach of those dragon skeletons, they just kind of snap in your general direction, but that's all that they can do. Um, the the armored individual uh, that is standing up front there is going to uh, move up to one of the sides of that pyramid uh, area and uh, raise their sword into the air and point at one of you. Uh, no effect happens, but she's definitely goading you to get nearer. Uh, you see the giant, uh, excuse me, no, then it would be the mage's turn. You see the mage break away kind of from where all of that is happening and backs into the corner over by one of those dragon skeletons and a globe of arcane energy surrounds it, uh, or surrounds him as he kind of hunkers back there uh, further away. So he would now be an additional 30 feet back from where you were or 30 feet back from where he was uh, with a globe, a 10-foot radius globe around him. 
Uh, we then move on to Excel. Going into this, were we aware of anything, like, any specific item that's being used to make this ritual possible? Uh, the Shard of the Soulmonger uh, would be the item, and it is in that darkness that is floating above that pool of lava. Hmm. <laughs> what is it with the Soulmonger and lava? Yeah, I know, right? I can't, you know, grab things that are floating above lava. So I can't, there's no way for me to grab this item to try and pull it out of here. It's be super annoying to them. Not unless you want to pull an Acerac and jump in the lava. <laughs> I think we've already, I think we've already discussed the options of, of, of running on lava and whether or not lava is a non-Newtonian liquid. <laughs> we did. However. But we never actually got an answer. How many times would lava hurt me in one turn? Once. When you enter into it. Perfect. I can deal with very that. Very very, very bad. Very I bad. Can... Would it be considered as being hit by an attack? Nope. <laughs> no? Nope, it's an environmental effect. You don't even get a save against it. It just happens. Oh, never mind. Oh, my, my flash-inspired plan, then. Alright. Believe me, I wish, I, wish, I wish we could tease this so bad. I, I'm looking for a way. Um, by the way, can we slightly recommend and say I took one one round of not moving after I ran back to you guys. I'm sure it would have taken you more than six seconds to explain what was going on, so I'm good with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you heard him talk, Bob? Yeah, yeah. Think it fast as you move, and then in which case we're all back there wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, so then yeah, I've got eight turns remaining. I'm gonna just go and attack that black the guy with the sword guarding the entrance. Alright. Don't fall for his goad! I'm gonna go for it. (laughs) Alright, as you charge them, you get right up to the edge of that, and you, like, smack your shoulder into some sort of invisible wall, but you're able to kind of turn sideways and shimmy through there right as you get to the front of the warlord's range. Then I'm going to attack. I'll get four attacks on my normal action. So, plus 11, so we've got 25 to hit. Uh, yes, that hits. 22 to hit. Yep. Uh, 21 to hit. Yep. And then 15 to hit. No, that one does not. So go ahead and total all of those up for me and give them to me at once. 26 damage. Uh, here's six. All right. We then move on to... Oh, anything for the bonus action to ask and disengage? Or... Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I probably don't want to stand there. Um, yeah, I'm going to disengage as a bonus action and run back. Okay. We then move on to Taga. Alright. As a bonus action, I'll begin the performance of... Uh, what is it called again? Team Spirit. So, wearing my little grey blood plush outfit, <laughs> I raise my, raise my hands in the air and go, uh, let's go! And I... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, begin my little performance. Uh, as my action to maintain it, I will cast a spell, I will cast Dimension Door, and I am going to get right up on the left side in front of, or just around the corner of that, where the, where the rubble at the opening is on the left side, just behind the rubble to the left. Okay. Uh, the inside of the pyramid, you said, or the outside? Uh, still the outside, yes. Okay. Uh, the rubble on the left-hand side. Okay. Yep. I was writing something else down. What was what was the effect of the team spirit again? Oh, uh, 
and I can use the reaction for a whole bunch of different things. So if you kill someone, you regain hit points. You, I can make you regain hit points. Uh, if you deal damage, I can add damage to that damage. If you take damage, I can reduce that damage a little bit. And if you make an ability check, I can add to that ability check. That sounds fun. Yeah, pretty best stuff. I end my turn. Okay. We then move on to the four giant skeletons. Uh, two, let's see, uh, so then everybody, uh, Excel, would you have entered the pyramid type thing from the left or the right side? I was thinking left. Okay, then, uh, the warlord individual and two skeletons from the left side kind of get right up near that entrance area, and two skeletons on the right side, uh, get right up near that area, and they uh, hold their turns waiting for somebody to enter into range. So they would be right there where that entrance is, uh, basically standing on top of that rubble. Uh, three on the left side and two on the right side. Uh, would the three on the left see me behind the rubble? Or how, how big is that rubble? Not very big. Uh, just small pieces of stones and whatnot. Um, and would you be like right, would you be up against the side of the building, uh, kind of hiding yourself, or would you just be literally right behind the rubble? I, I would be just behind the rubble, I don't think Pug is that smart. Okay, alright, yes, they they see you, and since you'd be close enough, uh, no, actually all they have is scimitars, they don't have, um, ranged weapons, so they would just glare menacingly in your direction, uh, and hold their turn for somebody to get into range. Uh, well, that would be most of their movement anyway. So then we would move back on to Vargas. All right, I'm trying to figure out what I forgot what my range is on my on my hollers. Holla! Holla! Uh, so I can't get close enough to yell at him yet because I'm still I'm still like 40 feet away from any uh, bad guys. Yeah, you ran up 60, and you started... Or, no, you ran up 50, and you were originally 90 feet away, so you have another 40 feet to go before you hit where that invisible wall is. Okay, um... Then I think... I gotta, I gotta look at what my bonus actions are. Actually, I think I'll, I'll move... I'll, I'll stop up 25 feet, and I am going to have... The I'm going to look at the uh, uh, the, the the heavily armored individual, and uh, I'm going to give a growl, and I need it to I need to send the armored beast to make a wisdom save. All right, that was a ten. All right, so I'll just yell. That's how it's done. And now they have disadvantage on attack rolls against anyone who isn't me. Wow, that is crazy. Until the, e- until the end of my next turn. Okay. Let's see. We... Handy, considering they're all standing about 10 feet away from me, just glaring at me. Yes. Mind you, it's, it's only it's only the... Uh, the, the, the I, I, actually, uh, it'll be that one and the skeleton right next to it, so I can target two. Cool. Okie dokie. So if you want to make the skeleton, make the same oh, yeah. save throw. Yep. Uh, uh, Nade, due to wisdom, doesn't help. That one fails as well. All right. So, yeah, so the, the 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 armored individual and the skeleton right next to it have disadvantage when they're not attacking. All right. We then move on to Tyrannia. And uh, real quick, concealment. What would three quarters concealment be? Plus five to plus AC. Five. Yep. Plus five to AC. 
So maintaining my concentration on insect plague, um, I want to uh, remind you it is rough terrain inside the sphere, just in case they're moving or trying to get out. Okay. Um, so did the dude stay inside it? Uh, no, he would have backed off uh, to get out of the swarm. Oh yeah, he would take damage from it. No. Uh... Well, they only take damage from it when they enter it for the first time, or during the end of a turn they stayed in it. Okay. So, yeah. No, uh, they would. He would have left, uh, and he cla- cast that global invulnerability around himself. Okay. So at this point, is there anything even left inside of that? Nope. That, uh, that globe. Okay. I kind of figured as much. I wanted to like get him to, to back away from whatever he was channeling on. Um, so what's my distance now from uh, the closest enemies? Actually, well, from uh, specifically from Vargas and from uh, Tagra. You would be about twenty feet away from Vargas and. About the same using diagonals, I think, from Taga, because you moved up 60 feet, go 30, and then 30 again. And then uh, Vargas moved up 50 and then 25. So you would be pretty close to Vargas and within one movement of Taga as well. All right, so with my big uh, swarm line, since attacks against Vargas are at disadvantage, I will start swarming. It's actually, other way around. Oh, the other way around. Anybody but him. Anybody. It's a taunt. I I know how it works. (laughs) Anybody other than you is disadvantaged. So I'm going to go ahead and shoot towards Vargas. Okay. And move in. So how many feet am I looking at there? Uh, 15, 20 feet. 15, all right. And then once I get there, can I cut to the left and also envelop Taga? Yep, you should be able to. Okay. So I'll have my, my big line of insects. Uh, doing that and make my 30 foot movement there um, and what's the closest skeletal type figure uh, about 10 feet uh, no because each square is 10 feet so about uh, call it about 15 feet in front of Taga uh, depending on okay. where he is off of that rubble because the skeleton right, would be kind of right there where that in the middle of that rubble and then Taga is right on the other side of it okay um, I'll utilize the uh, swarm or the beast spells, beast casting, whatever I forget. That's <laughs> what the name of it is. Uh, to cast while in swarm shape, I'll cast swarm beam, so I'll lose concentration on the plague, and I will fire out a brilliant beam of light. Uh, flashes from my quote unquote hand <laughs> in a five foot wide, sixty foot long line. So, um, Holy here's crap. a question. Normally, it would be from like one central position, but since I'm this. 40, 50 foot line of bugs. Can I pick any point from that from where I can fire that gun? There is an invisible wall of force that covers all but a five foot gap on either side of that entrance. So uh, technically, yes, you could, but there's only one real trajectory and all three of them are basically lined up there, so I'd let you hit all three of them. So I'm, I'm aware of that so I can yep. fire straight into that line? Yep. I like to think that it's a thousand little spiders all doing a Kamehameha wave together. Yep. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, each creature in the line must make a constitution save throw. 30 damage on the nose for anyone who failed the save. Okay. And 15 for anyone who made it. Okay. Uh, Wait, what is your save? What's that? 19. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, then the 18 would fail as well. Oh, Can so I use my reaction to add plus 5 to the damage? Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. I say, uh, get him, Spidey! Oh, uh, also, I didn't 
I wasn't this far down and reading it. Uh, undead and oozes have disadvantage on the saving throw, so there was a pretty good chance they were going to lose to it. Yeah. Well, and they actually have so, advantage on uh, magical saving throws, so that counters okay. that. Yeah. So, canceling it out. Um, all right, and then also, I don't know if this affects them. They might be immune to blind, uh, but uh, on a failed save, they take damage and are blinded till my next turn. Okay, they are blinded then. Okay, and you can create a new line of radiance on your action as the turn ends. All right. So, on my action, let me turn. And then for the duration, a mode brilliant light shines in my hand. My hand. Yeah. It's like 30 foot, so we've got a 30 foot radius of sunlight kind of beaming into this place. Um, and now my swarm, uh, they'll just go ahead and move up and get right next to Daga. Okay. All right. Anything else you'd like to do on your turn then? Nope, that'll be me. All right. Uh, the dragon uh, skeletons are still not within range of anybody to snap at. So then we move on to the spellcaster and the warlord. The uh, warlord is going to go ahead and using the shortbow uh, kind of gets off to the side just a little bit to get out of the way of that. Uh, actually, yeah, no, no uh, the warlord is going to go ahead and charge through that area and advance on Vargas. Um so then the Warlord, if taking your taunt, uh, charges through and uh, is going to swipe at you three times with uh, the Vorpal Sword that she wields. Oh. Um, I don't like this stuff the way I think you said that he was had, part, had a swarm around me, so that would give me... Uh, my AC would then be 25. Okay, and she is blinded, so she would have disadvantage on it as well. One of those hit. A plus 14 to hit really helps. So uh, you are struck once with the Vorpal Sword. So you will take 37... Oh, uh, any resistances to bludgeoning or anything like that? No. Okay, then you will take 37 total points of damage uh, from that strike. We then move on to the Spellcaster. The Spellcaster then steps forward out of that strange spear... Uh, steps over to the side just a little bit and is going to cast a bolt of fiery energy launches from his hand and uh, tries to slam into Taga. Uh, oh shit, that was a nat 20. Alright, Taga? Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> At the very Taga, least, no! Yes. At the very least, I drank that fire that probably saved your ass. That's 47 points of fire damage, uh, so half down to uh, 23. Ah, easy as only 13 points of damage with Vargas's uh, temporary hit point. Exactly. Go ahead, Excel. So, Excel is going to use all of his crazy abilities, more or less, and I'm going to, is there a straight path through however many enemies that would get me to the guy in the red robe? Uh, the right side has two enemies, the left side has three. So there's no real path to this point. Yeah, you would have to shove one. Alright, I'd have to shove two out of the way, or just one? Uh, you would have to shove technically one. I would let you get away with one. Alright, we'll do that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use my pure athleticism. Second okay. level, when you gain the ability to perform quick first supernatural athletic feat. Whenever you're subject to a strength athletic or dexterity acrobatic check, you can spend one stamina point. Uh, to gain advantage on all athletics and acrobatic checks for a minute, including the triggering of the loot check. Okay. 
So then I rolled a, uh, let's see, because it's a contest, so that is a 17. I rolled base 17, and I have a plus uh, 8 to it, so 25. Okay, yep, you shove that creature out of the way, and you are able to run past. So then I'm going to run right up to the caster. Alright. And use my hasted action to attack. Alright. So that's three attacks. No, four attacks. We did this. Um, so that is 17 to hit? Uh, yes, 17 hits. That was my lowest roll, so... Oh, yeah, okay. That's four. Simitar strike. So 30, 35 damage. Ouch, that really (laughs) hurts. And do we... Would I assume this is the big bad guy? Uh, one of them, yes. More or less take out this one and hope that, you know, the bigger, fatter creatures don't get summoned, aka the fire king. <clears throat> yep. That's kind of my substance. So then I'm going to use my three, I'm going to do three stamina, or burn three more stamina points to do three more attacks. Alright. Look at me attacking without using Taga. <laughs> <laughs> Think about what you would be doing if you were using Taga. Good. Six day six. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have made a mistake. Why did I grab Tonga? Yes. <laughs> does a 14 hit? 14 does not, no. Mage armor is okay, just so higher than that. So I hit him twice, but... Okay. Because it was uh, 27 to hit and 29 to hit after that. Yep. Um, and that's just 6 damage. Okay. And then I'm going to... <sighs> How many creatures can hit me from where I'm standing? Uh, All three or a lot. Two, two without a dash action. Two without a dash action. Yes. <sighs> I'm going to make it dumb. Dumb choice. All right, we're gonna use my bonus action to hit as well. Okay. Be brave, young friend. Um. Oh, I get so because of the max speed, I do get to use when I. You can spend oh one stamina points to attack twice in your bonus. Nah, I'm not holding Taga. We won't do that. Just want to see the hit. Yes. Okay, and that is five damage. Or sorry, four damage. Okay. And that is my turn. All right. I think that was a productive turn. Very much so. Taga, it is now your turn. All right. Uh, I will turn back around. Uh, how far away is that warlord facing uh, off against Taga? Uh, only about ten, maybe fifteen feet at the very most. Thank you, Dave. Do I have a Actually, you know, it's fine. Uh, I look to Vargas and I say, uh, nothing personal, my friend. And I'm going to try and polymorph him into a turtle. Not Vargas, uh, sorry, the warlord. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, this is taking a turn for the strange. All right, what kind of save is it? Uh, wisdom. All right. DC 19. Oh, Lord. No, no. no, no. <laughs> that is exactly a 19. <laughs> really? Oh, I wish I could yell something to help. I'm trying to look if I have anything possible, but I don't believe I did. Very well. Until the next time. Uh, am I within? So I'm not within. I'm not adjacent to this fellow, am I? Nope. Okay. I will 
and my uh, I'll end my turn. Oh, there I am. I'm maintaining my performance still, getting ready to assist my luck. All right. At the end of your turn, the warlord is going to go ahead and uh, point a finger at you uh, using a legendary action, and I need a DC 16 wisdom save or be frightened. I just say to him, that's not going to work on me, baby. I'm immune to frighten. Okay, awesome. All right, we then move on to the giant skeletons then. Uh, two of the skeletons are going to uh, leave that, that area uh, that they were in on that left side and advance on Taga. Uh, they will attack twice. One of them will have disadvantage. Okay. So that is a... Well, no, because that was just till the end of Vargas's next turn. Um, oh, yeah, they would, they would still be blind. Okay. Uh, so then neither of those will hit... Uh, lowest was a three and then a natural one. So neither of those will hit. Um, the other two skeletons on the other side are going to advance on Excel and attack from behind. Rude. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, just a second, Taga. They make three attacks each. Good to know. What's your AC? That one was a uh, 18 plus nine. So I'm assuming that hits. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay, I wasn't sure with the three-quarters cover and all that from uh, Trania if that made a difference or not. All right, so that one will hit. You take 17 points of slashing damage. Okay. <laughs> all right, and right, then... 19, including the cover? No, in that case, that'd be uh, 24. Right. 24. Yep, still not but quite still enough. Though. Yeah. All right, and now against uh, Excel. All right, Excel, say goodbye. <laughs> that was fun. Thanks for having me. That's one hit. That's two hits. That's a miss. That's uh, um, uh, the lowest I rolled on those words, an 18. Just, uh, I'll check it. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't have Blair. They're not all a disadvantage. No. Yep. Okay. Um... So, uh, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, AC is 19, so... Oh, okay. Uh, then two... No, one of more of those miss. So then that would be... Uh, let's see. That would be four hits uh, and two misses on those swings. Okay. All right, let me... And I guess whenever you're hit by attack, spend your action to make that attack automatically miss. So... Okay. We'll use that on one of them. Good idea. So for the first one, uh, let me see what their modifier here is. Plus five. So that's 14 on the first one. What kind of damage? Uh, slashing. Okay. All right. Uh, the second attack, uh, that is a 18 total. And then the next one is a 20 total. All right. So and I only actually took 13 damage once we're out of the temp HP. That is fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, right before right before Vargas gets started, the warlord commands one of the um, uh, commands one of the skeletons that is attacking you to make another attack. So that will hit with an 18 plus nine. So then that will deal to you an additional 19 points of damage. All right, and then we move on to Vargas. I'm going to venture a guess 
that this heavily armored fiend is not undead. Nope. In that case, we are going to start off. Um, I am going to make two attacks. Uh, as a bonus action, I am going to light my sword on fire because I forgot to do it earlier, so I got to waste a bonus action here. Good. And uh, we are going to make our swings. Uh, the first one is a 23 to hit. Yep. And the second one is a 25 to hit. Yes. And so those will do... Uh, that's 1d10 plus 2d6. The first one does... Three, seven points of slashing and five points of fire damage. All right. And the second attack is 13 points of slashing and seven points of fire damage. All right. Okay, anything else as a bonus action or anything? <clears throat> I'm actually going to shift... Uh, I'm just going to try to scoot around him and put myself between him and the skeleton. All right. No problemo. So that hopefully before too long I can get to the point where they're all within five feet of me and I can start doing fun stuff with them. Gotcha. Alright, Tarania, it is now on to you and the swarm. Okay, uh, first of all, the swarm. If I were to take a look at both the uh, the Black Warrior and the Mage, which one of them looks like they're suffering the most? Oh, the Mage is not doing good at all. He's got his ass the kicked hard. <laughs> The mage isn't doing very good. Nope. All right. He's so, a typical glass cannon. No health. All. I don't, I don't know if this might be overkill, but what I'm going to do here, I, I just want to like show it off in the game. Uh, the swarm will move from target's position to his position. Can they get there in a double move? Um. At 30, at Thirty feet per. No, they would not. They would have. They could if they ran across the lava, but I don't think that would be a good idea. That might be a bad idea. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Okay, how about to the to the black mark? Can they get to him? Oh yeah. I think we're. Yep. All right. They're gonna go ahead and skitter over to him. Uh, would that be 50, uh, thirty feet or less? Less. There we go. Okay. So they will move thirty, and they'll make their attack against him. Uh, seventeen. Six. Twenty-three to hit. Yes. Okay. They went up in size. 5, 10, 14 plus 6, 20 damage, piercing. Alright. Uh, does count as magical. Okay, so. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's them. Skitter, 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 chomp, chomp. And then I will use my action. This, I don't know if this is a bad idea. He's probably got a hell of a con save, but I want to give it a shot anyway. Uh, I will use my action to force the colony to use its reaction to attempt to infest him. Oh, God. Okay. So that'll be enemy must make a constitution save against my spell save DC of 19. So uh, let's see how, how that works out. Yeah, I'm using one of my re-rolls uh, three times a day. The warlord can re-roll a saving throw that it fails because it failed the first one. It failed the second one. I'm going to use another. <laughs> Even with a plus four to con and that one it's saved. Uh, with a 20 okay. total. Alright, so he is not infested on a failed save level. Uh, pretty much that's it. That That's all that it is. And that would be my action. Um, however, 
Uh, yep, and Sunbeam requires me that I use my action to make a new beam, so I can't do that, so that's going to end my turn. Okay. We I then... was really hoping to get 10d10 piercing just shutting forth out of that dude in his armor. Yeah. That would have been so great. No joke. Uh, we then move on to the dragons, which can't attack anybody because nobody's close enough. So then we move on to the humans. So the warlord is... Hmm? To be fair, Mike, you made him eat a lot of rerolls, right? Yeah, yeah I've only got one left. At the very least, that, like, that, that churned up some resources on their side. Exactly. And I'm happy with that. That's just fine. All right. Uh, the warlord is going to make, once again, three Vorpal sword attacks against uh, Vargas. <laughs> Uh, you know what I just picture? I picture the bugs trying to fly up, and he's doing that thing where he's like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just look at him. I know the feeling. Exactly. This hardcore warrior just... Get it off me. Exactly. They're all going to hit, I'm guessing. Lowest was a 24. Um, it, 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 it depends. Mike, am I still surrounded by your swarm? Yes, I have not moved, so as long as you haven't left my, my swarm, you're still got to cover. Okay, so yeah, what's... So, Bob, I, I, my AC is still 25. 25, all right. So the one will miss, all the others will hit. Uh, plus 14 to hit helps. So then... All right, so that first attack is 15 points of slashing damage. Oh, wait, nope. Uh, D8s, not D6s. Okay, so that first one is actually going to be uh, 21 points of damage. And the second one is only going to be 18 points of damage. Alright, and then now on to the uh, caster's turn. So the caster then, uh, all of a sudden, uh, you blink, Excel, and everything is different. Um, so he used Time Stop, and he gets three reactions that he can, or three freebies, or whatever you want to call it. So he's going to move back five feet, put up a wall of force in that corner area, um, and then mirror image on himself and I guess for the last one uh, not a whole lot he can do spell wise for attack uh, so he's going to burn a cone of cold so I need a constitution saving throw excel alright All right. Um, and remember so you still have the plus 5 two saving throws from me yeah and I also have oh I don't think no it's not charmed or fright so Plus five, but it is a deck save, so I think you're going to be all right. A con save. Oh, it's a deck save. Con save. Oh no, it is con. Cold as you deal. My bad. No. Oh no. No. Thirty-eight points of cold damage. (sighs) So then we move on to Excel. That sucks. (laughs) Ah, Excel. Partially surprised that somebody moved faster than he did. Yep. I have no way through a wall of force, would I? Nope. Uh, the way that it's uh, 10, 10 by 10 panels, and with the map here, uh, that corner is... Yeah, you can cover that whole corner, kind of where you're standing with those. Um, you could probably try and jump one, because it would only be... Cause I'd need five of them to cover that corner, so it would only be 20 foot high. So you could try and jump it if you wanted. Can I just climb it? I have a 20-foot climb speed. Uh, I'll give you, you can climb the wall, because these are kind of like magical, solid force yeah, things. Yeah, there would be no no real thing to grip. I guess I'll leave them alone for now. Okay. <laughs> There's the two and skeletons that kind of 
approached you from behind, and then there's all the other bastards that are attacking Taga and Barkus. I will go defend Taga. Alright, uh, you would take uh, two opportunity attacks running away unless you still have that max speed thing active. Still active for six more rounds. Okay, yep, then you zoom right past them. And I'm going to go make my, yeah, eight attacks this time, so I don't have to do a shove action, do I? Jesus Christ, okay. Uh, <laughs> so that's four, one normal attack with three extra attacks on my attack action, and the same thing on my haste action. Crazy. Okay. And unfortunately, nothing at advantage, but at this point, we'll just do numbers. Um, lowest roll is a 14 to hit. Uh, 14, let's see, against the giant skeletons will not hit. 19. That will. Okay, so that's three attacks. The first time, do you want me to just do it all at once? Yeah, they don't have any special resistances. Uh, 14 won't hit. Will a 20 hit? Yes. Okay, and I will just so you can see... There is one not 20 in here. Woo! Hey. You All right. Yeah. So that is 59 damage. Woo! Plus my crit. Okay. Which would be another four on top of that. All right. Not too bad. No, one is I definitely would, below bloody. I would shout out, uh, good job. And he gets plus five to the seven. Oh, all right. <laughs> All right, then. So, uh, anything else, Excel? Um, there's a lot of them that can hit me from here, can't they? Uh, two of them, uh, three if uh, the D- Dark Knight thing turns around, but otherwise just the two. Yeah, I'm going to dash and disengage and very bravely hide behind Tyler. Okay. <laughs> Super brave. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, but... <laughs> I like to think that... As long as my swarm is kind of piled around like it should be, you can be behind Taga and inside my swarm also, getting plus five to AC and uh, dexterity saves. All right. This is a good plan. So, yeah, that's my... I'll use... Everyone, step into me. Yes. (laughs) I want you inside me. Oh, God. All right, as a legendary action... That's uh, a different podcast. <laughs> as a legendary action, the Warlord is going to point at uh, Vargas. I need a wisdom save from you, sir. DC 16 or be frightened. Is he within 30 feet of me? Ye- right at the edge if he is. <laughs> yeah. So if he is, my strong resolve. At 18th level, you and friendly creatures within 30 feet of you get advantage on any saving throw that would cause... The Charmed or Frightened Condition. Nice. I've been very excited for that ability. Yeah. Why could it be just... <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> nice try. Uh, Bob? Yep. If you remember at the beginning of the fight, I drank a potion of heroism. You did. They did not know that, though, so I correctly did not meta that. Yep. All right. <laughs> okay, we then move on to Taga. Hmm. Do they not have a bag of helmets? No oh god. <laughs> I don't think so. I thought uh-huh. your pockets were that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I will look at the warlord once more using my last fourth level spell slot to cast Holy Morph and I'm gonna try and turn him into a snail. Yeah. He failed reroll. Oh thank god. Okay, he passed. Uh DC nineteen, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he passed with a twenty. How many rerolls does he have again, Bob? Huh? That was it. Yeah, that was it. That I was the last one. Three. I was going to say, okay. I, I burned two and Taga just burned one. 
Yeah. All right. Um, I will then begin. Uh, that will be. I will run. I'll stay where I am, and that'll be my turn. Okay. Uh, now on to the giant skeletons. Uh, the two that were attacking uh, XL begin to move back that direction, but are only able to get about halfway there. Uh, oh, they'll go ahead and dash. So they'll dash, they'll get basically right where you guys are, but not able to do anything uh, at that point. Uh, the two of them that uh, were attacking Taga, one is going to attack Taga, the other one is going to attack Excel. They make three attacks each, no disadvantage or anything funky, just the cover. So that is a. I remove it. What's that? If they have a disadvantage, I have the ability to remove it as a reaction. Yep, they don't. Oh, actually, I won't. I won't do that anyway. It's better to negate it. (laughs) Yeah. So the first one was an at one uh, against Taga, and then uh, sixteen and another sixteen, and then Uh, uh, yeah, and then against Excel, uh, that one will hit seventeen plus eight uh, plus nine. Uh, and then that is a only a 15, and then that one is a 17. So one hit. Actually, what what is what is your base AC XL? 17 plus two for my max speed, it puts me at 19. Plus the five from the swarm is yep. Okay. 24. Yep. So just barely hits. Just one hit, and I'll use my reaction to negate that. Okay. Wow. Negated. That is crazy powerful. All right. Uh, at the end of their turn. Uh, the Warlord is going to go ahead and strike out uh, using a legendary action at the Swarm this time and swan away some of those bugs. Would that be me, Swarm, or Companion Swarm? Uh, odds, Companion, evens you. Evens, so that is you, Mike. Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck, you're in Swarm shape. I rolled a nat 20. Oh, I cut off one of your heads. You are in a Swarm. <laughs> <laughs> it pays to not have a head. <laughs> you cut off the head of, like, one tiny bug. Exactly. That is still, though, uh, 42 points of total damage. 42, eh? And, uh, are we dealing... Is it slashing? Uh, crap. I'm guessing if you are going to cut off a head, that would have been a slashing weapon. Uh, yeah, but it's both slashing and necrotic. So that would be um, 18 points of... Um, slashing damage, and then the rest of it's necrotic. Okay, so 18 was slashing? Yeah. Necrotic, I forget. Uh, 18 so slashing. 18 slashing. Alright, so that's 9. Take me down to 4. And then how much necrotic? 42. So 42, yeah. Necrotic? Yep. Okay, so down to 6. Ouch! I'm glad I used that spell. Yes. Okay, uh, we then move on to Vargas. Um... Just trying to get a get a uh, a good view of. Oh, sorry, the, the, the... I have to interrupt. I got I got to make my concentration checks there. Oh yeah. So uh, I realized I have to too. <laughs> uh, with all that, is it for the overall or is it for each? It's yes for the whole amount of damage taken. Correct. Right. So forty-two. That means that I got to take twenty-one. 21. Um, my swarm has con of ten, but I get proficiency with it due to resilience, so I have a sixteen. I mean, I have a plus six, so that's fourteen. So I lose concentration. Okay. No more, no more sunlight. Okay. So the first one. It, uh, nope. I failed the last one. Okay. The Did you first ask? one. Wait, wait. 
Did you add plus five? No, I didn't. My, uh, the last one I failed either way, I rolled a nat one. Uh -oh. Okay. <laughs> the first one, though, I had passed, so it was just the most recent damage I got. Okay. So then, we move on to... Let's see, Vargas. Alright, so... We are all clustered up around this pile of rubble. Yep. I think I am going to... Who all is within five feet of the uh, Warlord? Just you. Just me. Did, did he attack? Oh, no. So technically, I am. All oh, yeah, yeah, because you're swarming all over, so you would be as well. Yep. Okay, we're going to have some fun here. Uh, Lonks, we're going to... We're gonna brandish the flame tongue longsword again and make our two attacks um will a I lost my thing will an 18 hit him Bob exactly then they will both hit and so the first swing does <laughs> five points of flashing damage and six points of fire alright with magical sword and the second attack does 10 points of slashing and 6 points of fire. Okay. And there will just be this primal roar as I, uh, I just scream super loud at him right in his ear. And I need him to make a wisdom save. That's a fail. Alright, Bobby, he is going to move right here and right now his full movement speed away from me, thus provoking attacks of opportunity from myself and Tarania. Okay. And that is a 23 to hit. Yep. For the, what was that? 14 points of slashing and 8 points of fire damage. Okay. And oh, that, that was my reaction. Never mind. Yep. So, here on Mike, if you want to make, use your reaction to make an attack, you are more than welcome to. Yeah, let's do that. I've got my... So, setting my reaction to make an opportunity attack and fumble with a natural one. So, the colony will now take its uh, opportunity attack with a 3 plus 7, 10. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Alright. Uh, we then move on. Yep. Well, uh, at least they made them run away. Exactly. And they would have ran back in towards that pyramid. Um, actually, Bob, I shifted around, so I would have been between him and the skeleton, so he actually would have ran like towards that big rock down on the left lower left-hand side of the map. Okay. We then move on to Terrania. Okay, so you said it's ten foot per square inside this pyramid. Correct. Um, is everyone in our team, from what I understand, everyone is either in between the two wall sections by the rubble or behind it, is that correct? Basically on that left side, right where that, that pyramid wall is, um, everybody is pretty much on that rubble except for Vargas, who is like, and you, which is like 15, so like a square and a half from that rubble on that side. Okay, so, but so actually, us, go ahead, Mike. I will go ahead, Bob, and move closer to the rest of the group. Okay. Uh, staying in my swarm up towards the rubble so that I can start getting into a range of fighting skeletons with Oathbinder. Okay. Okay. So, right, now, Bob, my, Oh, and my actually. That wall of force would have dropped quite a while ago, so that wall is no longer there. Excellent. So if I wanted to cast a spell with a 60-foot radius to try to encapsulate every one of the enemies and not touch any of us, uh, seeing it the way you see it, Bob, is that possible? Nope. 
that pool okay. is 60 feet across. You could hit either the mage or you could hit the four skeletons in the warp. Let's do the four skeletons just to try to clear things out. I'm going to go ahead and as a bonus action, uh, uh, revert back to my arachnid form. And I will shoot. Uh, when I do, I hit any part of the square that the actual uh, part of my swarm occupies. That's where I pop out of. So I'm going to go ahead and do that again. Just boop, pop right there. Uh, right in front of the warlord. Like, oh no, he ran in. Uh, the you're, warlord you're ran. Away. You ran. Yeah, towards that large ran, boulder like, towards the entrance. Okay. Then I'll just go ahead and hop right there and just uh, uh, appear very menacingly. Uh, I will then, I had to do that because I, I had cast Sunburst. Uh, it's 150 foot range, so we should definitely be good. Uh, 60 foot radius centered on a point that I choose within range. Each creature in that light must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, they take 26 radiant damage and are blinded for one minute. Holy crap. On a successful save, half as much damage, and isn't blinded. Uh, undead have disadvantage to saving them, so... Okay. And that's the warlord, or is that the four skeletons? I'm just going to try to, like, pop off the four skeletons as quickly as possible. Okay. Uh, and they have just normal because they have advantage on saving throws. So going against uh, DC of 19. And Dex, you said... Uh, Constitution. Con. Okay, they have... Alright, one passes, three fail. Alright. So, six and fifty. Forty. Forty-three damage on a fail, and twenty-one damage on a save. Alright. One of them... Yep. One of them totally des- is dies, just completely disintegrated into charred little bits of bone. Okay. Um, then the ones that failed their saves are blinded, and the ones who succeeded are not. Uh, creature blinded by the spell makes another constant saving throw at the end of each of its turn. On a successful save, it's no longer blinded. Okay. So that's that. And then are there any more of them standing? Like, I mean, how many more of them are up in front of us? Uh, just the three that you attacked, and then the warlord towards the boulder, and the one mage clear in the corner by himself. Alright, uh, and the two dragon skeletons. Uh, four dragon skeletons, but they're chained to those pillars and can't move anywhere. Alright, uh, can the swarm and I both make move right towards the, uh, the warlord? Yep, not a problem. Alright, we're gonna do that. Um, I'll go ahead and move in and just get right up on them. I have no action, but I'm literally gonna... And I'm gonna do it as creepily as possible, just... <laughs> Treatment of the bottom. And then uh, Mike is being all. Go ahead. Mike is being all dark and creepy, but he is sure throwing a lot of sunlight around. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I'm a dichotomist. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, as I'm moving towards him, the swarm literally, like, moving with me, just kind of, like, hearing or, like, coming around me to, like, get in front and envelop his square and have them make an attack. And I've already spent my bonus action this turn, so I can't give them an extra attack. Uh, 12 plus six, 7, 19. Uh, against the Warlord, you said? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep, that hits. Okay. Six, six, 11, 14, 15 plus 6, 21 piercing damage. Ouch. Oh, and poison also. Oh. Uh. Yeah, yeah let me double. Nope, no immunities. Okay. Okay. Uh, Constitution save against my spell save DC. So con save versus 19 for poison. Yeah, that was a 22. Okay. So no poison, but he's all covered in spiders. Icky. Running from Vargas. And I'm looking at him almost kind of seductively like, come on, big boy. 
Alright. Okay, the dragons once again have nobody to attack, so they just kind of sit there. On then to the human-y things. Uh, the warlord is going to go ahead and then make the three strikes uh, against you, Tarania. Uh, would your... Oh, uh, as soon as he makes that first attack, I'm going to utilize my scatter ability. Um... Uh, when I am subject to a melee attack from an enemy that I, an enemy that I am aware of, I may spend my reaction, which I still have available, uh, to immediately use my swarm shape ability and engulf the attacker. If you do, you can use your vital swarm shape as normal, being a bonus to your AC for the triggering attack with your wisdom modifier. So for the purpose of this attack, my AC will be 19, uh, and my reaction puts me in swarm shape, so I will have my resistance. Okay, uh... That one attacker will... must immediately make a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC or become frightened of me for a minute. Okay, uh, 19 on that? Yep. Okay, uh, fails the wisdom save, so is frightened. Uh, the first attack would... Yep, the first attack would still hit, though. Uh, uh, okay. Because that was a 17. Well, is that with disadvantage? Is that with disadvantage, Bob, because he's frightened? It was the attack that triggered it, so it wouldn't be disadvantaged until the next one. Uh, so that will hit. You will take... Nope. Uh, oh, and as I do that, I will expend an 8th level spell. Okay. Wait, no, sorry, I already used that, so I'm going to have to expend a 7th level spell. I'll have 63 hit points for the purpose of this swarm shape. Okay. And I rolled like shit, so that's 10 total points of slashing damage and 8 points of necrotic. Alright, takes me down to 50. Um, I currently don't have a concentration spell up. I sunburst left turn, so... Um, there you go. So he can continue with his attacks. Okay. At disadvantage for being friendly. Alright, uh, then let's see. That one is a 13, another 13, uh, so that one misses, and then that one's gonna miss because I rolled a 4 on that one. So, alright, none of the other two attacks hit. Um, that's everything the Warlord can do. So, on to the Archmage. Uh, the Archmage is going to go ahead and teleport and escape. So the Archmage escapes from that location, taking them completely out of the fight. Uh, we then move on to... Uh, the Warlord's going to go... Oh, no. Uh, yeah, the Warlord's going to go ahead and take a legendary action and uh, going to attack at Tyrannia again. Oh, that is disadvantage still, and that will not hit. We then move on to Excel. Okay, I've lost my action. I am going to... I'm running low on stamina points. We're going to just do my regular four attack on the... I believe it was the... No, it's not right. What are you calling him? I, yeah. I'm trying to think. Is there anything I'm missing with that? Nope. Cool. Let's do four attack. Um, 21 to hit. Twice. Yep. 22 to hit. And a 15 to hit. 15 does not. Okay. 27 damage. Alright. Reaction plus five. Ouch. Okay. 32 damage. Alright, slow but steady. Uh, now well below bloody. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to use my bonus action to disengage and continue to hide if it's still there, the swarm behind Taga. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, actually, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you I, moved it. I, uh, ending up, uh, and I actually didn't announce where my swarm was, so when I scattered, uh, the default is just a, a huge creature, so I'll be a 15-15 surrounding the Warlord. Crazy. So I, there's no point in me moving to get out of it. 
Yeah. No, because if you ran up to attack him, you could just literally stay there and you're in my form. Yeah, okay. We'll do that. And then I can use my bonus action to attack him with two weapon fighting. Okay. Uh, 18 to hit? Yes. Six damage. Six damage. Yay. Hoot. Hoot hoot. All right. We then move on to... You know, she's going to go ahead and take a legendary re- uh, action. So uh, now that Excel is still within range, uh, going to strike out at Excel. Let's see here. Uh, that was a 19 plus 14. So that'll hit. Almost a crit, yeah. Um, where is my damage thing? All right. Ouch, that is 29 points of damage. It's so great when I'm talking things at you and you can't hear me because I'm muted. Um, oh. I have an AC of 19 plus 5. Yeah, I rolled a 19 plus 14. Oh, plus 14. Well, then I'm just going to use my reaction to negate that. Oh, damn, that's right. I forgot you could do that. Okay. All right, Target, it is your turn. Uh, how far away are we from the lava? Oh, quite a ways. Um, like, let's see, where's my map? Uh, at least 40 feet, maybe a little bit longer. Perfect. I will <laughs> use my action to cast Digby's hand right in front of the warlord attempt to grab him. So oh. He needs to make uh, it's a grapple, so athletics or um, acrobatics. And Digby's hand has advantage against medium or smaller creatures. Oh, shit. Alright, that is... Oh my god, okay. Uh, that is plus 9, so that is a 12. I got a 24. The hand grabs the warlord and I will use my bonus action to command it to move 60 feet over the top of the lava. Uh, where the warlord is, is clear down by that boulder, so it would be able to get almost there, but not quite. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, it's like... Yeah, and then that would give Tyrannia uh, and Excel and the colony opportunity attacks. Cool. I would say that the, uh, the giant looks like a grace large claw. That's crazy. And actually, Excel, you would not because you used your reaction to uh, negate the damage. That's what I thought. Thank you. Yep. And then I used my reaction to... Oh, that's right. ...to scatter. Okay. So then just your colony? Oh, yeah, the colony, definitely. Uh, five plus seven, no. No. Okay. Um, we then move on to the giant skeletons. Uh, there are three of them remaining. Uh, the only creature, well, I guess, uh, I guess Vargas and, um, Taga are the ones. So we're going to go with two on Vargas, one on Taga. So they make their attacks. As those attacks are incoming, Bob, I'm feeling froggy. Oh, God. So I want them to jump. All right, command. So I can't. I I can't. Oh, okay. I already used my reaction. I haven't. I haven't had another turn since I made the warlord run away. Yep. All right. So I can't. Never mind. All right. Uh, so there, uh, Vargas, you will take six total attacks. Uh, three from uh each. So that is a nineteen, a twenty-four, eighteen uh, plus nine. Uh, that one's a 25, and that one's a 2, and that one will hit. Okay, so you will take uh, 4 out of the 6 attacks. 51 points of damage. Alright, and then against Taga, that's a crit. Alright. I can't help you, Taga. And <laughs> That is 34 points of damage to you, Taga. Cool, cool. Okay. Yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs> 
Alright, we then move on to... Alright. Yes, we then move on to Vargas. So you want to play this game, huh? Thankfully, in one of my hands, I am holding Oathfinder. And uh, these skeleton things are uh, a bit undead-looking, are they not, Bob? Yes, the skeletons would be undead-looking. Alright, so we're going to make uh, two attacks against the skeleton that, uh, that, that whacked me. Okay. And uh, I, I must ask, will an 18 hit? Yes. Then they will both hit. And now I've got two. Where did my thingy go? All right, so it is uh, that thing plus those things. That is going to be mm, 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And six points of radiant damage. All right. And I'm going to make the obligatory question, does he have less than 25 hit points remaining? No, but getting close. Okay. And second hit okay. is going to be nine points of bludgeoning and seven points of radiant. Okay. And he is three points off of being decimated. I add plus five to the damage. He is decimated. <laughs> well, he, has, he has to make a, a wisdom save. Oh, Okay. Wisdom is not this undead creature's specialty, as that is an eight. Then he fails and is destroyed. All right, one less skeletal giant there. And I am going to take out a bonus action. Um, I feel like my best bet is to... I'm going to take a swing at the uh, other big boy there. Alright. And that is an 18 to hit. Yes. For 9 points of bludgeoning damage. Alright. And 8 points of radiant. And I'm going to bellow a shout of, of, of rage as uh, I'm going to trigger <clears throat> my uh, savage rough or my pile on the pain. Okay. Which will let... Uh, Taga make a melee attack against him. Okay. It has been a while since I've brandished my mallet, and I will do just that. Do I need to use my reaction to do this? No, as of the sixth as of sixth level, anything that I do that would normally require my allies to make a reaction take use a reaction does not. All so right. it is just a it happens. Twenty-six point oh sorry, twenty-six to hit. Yes. And eight points of damage. All right, that is enough to drop him below bloody. And then I will use my reaction to make my swing at him. Okay. That is a uh, 28 to hit. Yep. For nine points of bludgeoning and nine points of radiant. Damn. Still above uh, 25, but not by a whole lot. And I'll just look over at the warlord and uh, pound my chest a couple times to let him know who's boss. <laughs> okay. Oh, I needed to do that frightened save, didn't I? Still frightened. Okay, uh, Tyrannia, it is your turn. Okay, just like looking over, seeing what's going on. Um, the warlord is still hanging out. Uh, yeah. Clear over by no, clear over by the lava. Oh, that's right, because he took off running again. Honestly, I think I'll just go ahead since that dude took off running. I'll go ahead and swarm back around. Uh, how many skeletons are left, dude? Actually, he hasn't. He didn't take off running, Mike. He's just frightened. Oh, uh, Bigby's nice. hand drug him 60 feet towards the lava. He's flying through the air. Oh yeah, I forgot that was happening. 
Yeah, that's because we were offered um, opportunity attacks, but we couldn't take them because of condition. Uh, so now that he's not really a thing, uh, will, uh, how much movement, Bob, from where I was, will it take me to get over to the skeletons? Uh, let's see, only about 30 feet or so. Okay, then I will do that. I will move my 30 feet, and so will my companion swarm. Uh, so I'll move and attack. Okay. Uh, hold on, that's a 19, but I need to check uh, the bonus attacks. That's right. Uh, I can expend a spell slot to take an attack against um, extra extra attacks versus targets with that number of spell slot. So, uh, how many of those skeletons are left? Is it just one or two? Three. Three? Alright. Oh, no, I'll two. Excuse me. Two. Two? Yeah. Mm. So, I'll expend the first level spell slot to take an attack against both of them. So, there's 19 for one plus seven for here. No. Plus, way better than that. Plus 11, it's my wisdom plus proficiency. So 30 to hit the first one, and then my second one will be 11 plus that, 22. Yep. Hit the skeletons, and then I'm at 48. The bunch. Plus six. So 23 piercing damage. Okay. On the first one. And I'm assuming there's skeletons. No worry about the poison. Nope. And oh no! Actually, wait, 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 wait. Let me double check. Um, yep, you're right. Don't worry about the poison. Sorry. Yep. All right. So seven four is eleven plus six is seventeen plus three for twenty plus six for twenty six piercing damage. Okay. That's me. Uh, the companion swarm will barrel over. And as and I will use my bonus action to allow it to take a second attack. So that'll be nineteen plus uh, six for twenty-five. All right. And six plus six for twelve, and it gets forty-six. Holy five, five, ten, sixteen, and nineteen plus six, twenty-five damage. Okay. Against that same one or against the other one? Did it split like uh, you did? Yeah. Well, actually, no, uh, yeah, actually, that'd be great. Okay. All right. Uh, the one is barely standing. The other one is below bloody. And then also, I don't know, have they been making their god saves if they got away from the blind? Oh, no, they have not. Let me go ahead and roll. Okay. Uh, let's see. One, that one will pass. Uh, that one would pass, too. They have a plus five pecan, so both would pass. Okay. All right. We then move on to the dragons, which can't attack anything, and on to the dark knight. What? Oh, go ahead. The Bigby's hand is technically an object, so if as long as they're, uh, and it has hit points as well, so as long as they're sort of attack things, target objects as well as creatures, they could technically make the attack against Bigby's hand. Yep, I was just going to ask if there was a save for it or if I had to attack it, so let's see. I'll go ahead and attack it then. So that's one strike. Uh, that one will hit definitely 19 plus 14. So then, uh, how many hit points does it have? Uh, I will... It's 143. Holy crap! <laughs> same max HP as me. That is ridiculous. Okay, uh... You can try to escape the grapple. Oh, yeah, no, I would do that instead. As an action, you do that? Yeah. Okay, uh, strength check, I'm assuming? Yeah. Alright, that is... Where the hell are my stats... So with the plus nine, uh, that'll end up being a 26. Yeah, he gets out. 
Okay, he drops to the ground uh, right in front of the lava and uh, charges uh, to where you are, Taga. All right, so then uh, that's all that it can do because that was its action. Um, well, let me check. I don't think it has any bonus actions. Uh, nope, no bonus actions. Uh, so then we move on to Excel. I'm going to go for the Warlord again. Okay. So four attacks, one regular, three extra. Yep. Ooh. Okay, two doubles. So that's a, I think two will hit. Uh, 26 to hit, 27? Yep. Oh, min damage. So, wild damage. Alright. And, I guess I'm still right beside it, so I'm still covering. I didn't miss any of that changing. I'm, I'm centered on, centered on one of the skeletons. Okay. And I'm 15 by 15 size. Yep, so, so then I'm, the swarm would all be around. I, I position so I could be on top of both. So you may be in the swarm, you may not. Yeah, you probably would be with the 15 by 15 area. Okay, so as long as I have that extra bonus AC still, I will use my bonus attack to attack once more. 20 hits? Yep. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, for 6 damage. Alright. In retaliation, uh, you will take one attack as a legendary action. I crit. Oh! Sorry. Goodbye. No, don't worry about it. When you're hit by an attack, send your action to make that attack automatically miss. Oh, thank God, because that you automatically lose your head on a nat 20. Period. It's just insta-death. Okay, you dodged yeah. that bullet big time. <laughs> I see that one is just a matrix move. Like I saw it coming and just no. Oh man, he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> we almost have that. Okay, Taga, it is your turn. All right, I'm within five feet of the warlord, am I not? Yes, the warlord charged you to attack. All right, so if I start my turn adjacent to a creature, I can use my reaction to belly bump it. <laughs> Strength saving throw. 19. With a plus 9, that is 21. Okay. Alright. How far away is Bigby's hand from it? Uh, let's see, move his feet of 30 feet, so 30 feet. Okay, he will move 30 feet. Attempt to grapple him as a bonus action. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Natural 20 hit. Okay, yeah, I rolled a 4, plus 9, so yeah, that grabs it again. Okay. And then he will be moved 30 feet back towards the lava. Oh my god, okay. He's right back to where he started. And then I'll use my action to extend two uh, uses of my performance art to cast Mass Heal. Uh, and that is going to put us all pretty much back to full HP because it's 700 HP. Holy. Of healing. That's crazy. Uh, everyone's, everyone's back to full. <coughs> Except for me, I, I can't do it. That's Okay. All right. We then move on to. It just takes. It just takes Mike a, a bonus action and an action to to heal. Pretty much. Correct. All right. We then move on to the giants. The two giants that are left. One is going to swing at. Uh, let's see, Vargas, and the other one is going to swing at uh, Taga. So. You think you got what it takes, buddy? Yeah. You're in the pain zone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, so those three attacks, Vargas, uh, that is a 20, not nat, uh, 16, and a, that one's well over, that's like 26 or something. So one more miss. All right, so then you will take a combined total. Oh, All right, unless, unless I'm in 
Mike's swarm, in which case two will miss. Okay, yep, then two miss. So then you will only take 17 points of damage. And then the one against... Oh, no! Yeah. And then against Taga, the first one is a 19 plus 9, so that hits. Uh, that one's a 17, and that one is a 21. So one hit. All right. Uh, then you will take 15 points of damage from that one. I... What happened? I failed my concentration check, so the hand is gone. Okay, and he drops to the ground. Vargas, it is your turn. How far away from the lava is the warlord now? 20 feet. I am going to provoke that attack of opportunity from the two skeletons. Okay. And move up to the warlord. So then that is a... 12 plus 8 for 20, and then a 16 plus 8 for 24. Neither one of those will hit because I'm still in the swarm. Alright. And then once I clear that, uh, as I get up to the chieftain, I will make two attacks with my uh, flame tongue longsword. Alright. <clears throat> oh. Sad panda. I don't think a 16 will hit him. No. Just short. Alright, so he will take one flaming sword attack. And that is 10 points of slashing damage and 6 points of fire damage. Alright. Not standing by a whole lot. As a bonus action, we are going to... uh, I'm feeling quite shouty. And so I am going to... uh, uh, I think... I think Wisdom is a better save than Khan. I would rather have him be incapacitated, but... We're just going to go ahead and use our routing cry and just bellow in rage like an inch from his face. Just, you're not worthy to stand in my presence. Okay, and what kind of save is that? He rolled a 13. That is a wisdom save will fail. Yep. And so he now must move his movement speed away from me. Okay, he runs further back uh, out uh, along where that is. He would uh, incur an opportunity attack, yeah. And as, as he runs away, he will uh, take a, a a swingy attack, and I'm going to guess a 22 hits. Yep. Are you using the mace or your longsword? My longsword, because uh, frankly, he's not undead, so I want all the damage I can get out of him. Okay. So that is uh, four plus some damage, eight points of slashing and nine points of fire damage. Barely standing. All right. And I'll just pound on my turtle shell chest and thump the ground a couple of times. And then, you want more? Come and get it. Okay. We then move on to Terrania. <coughs> Interesting events taking place around here. Uh, we'll keep working on the skeletons. Okay. The one skeleton is barely a pile of bones at this point. The other one is bloody, but not by a whole lot. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and start with the and I'll spend one one of my first level spell slots to increase the number of targets that I can target with my bite attack. Yep. Um, so the first one, eleven plus eleven, twenty-two. Yep, that hits. And if your modifier is more than seven, it's dead. Uh, yep, because it is my well. If my modifier is more than seven, well, it has seven health points. Oh yeah, because I'm forty-eight plus seven or plus uh, six. So. Yeah, it's dead. Okay. <laughs> So that's that one. Uh, the second one is 15 plus 11 for 26 to hit it. Yep. 24 damage. Okay. That was almost half of what he had remaining. 
All right, and then the companion swarm staying in the same area. Um, it will attack, and then I'll use oh, I mean, I'll use my bonus attack to give it an attack against an enemy. Okay. So nine plus six for fifteen. Not quite enough to hit now. Not quite enough. Um, second attack. Eighteen plus six for twenty-four. Yes. Twenty-one. Okay, it is standing by single digits. Oh, so close. All right. Um, I think that's it. I can't spend a reaction to anything now. So. All right. Yep. At the end of your turn, that warlord is going to make a uh, legendary action and command that uh, skeleton you just attacked. Oh, no, that has to be within 30 feet. So it can't do anything because uh, Vargas is immune to fear. So, all right, we will go ahead then and, uh, yeah, move on to their turn. Uh, is it a save against Frighten, or is it just until your next turn, Vargas? That was just, uh, that's just until my next turn. Okay, then it's so still... he's not actually, he's, he's not actually frightened, he just runs away. Oh, okay, then, uh, they run all the way back and attack you three times. Uh, that's a 14 plus 14 for a 28, uh, that's, uh... 22. Who ran back, Bob? The Warlord. Oh, okay. Uh, and then that one... You only is... had to run like 10 feet to get to me. Yeah. And then that's a 19 plus 14. Uh, so I'm assuming two of those hit because you're not in the swarm anymore. Uh, no, my AC is 20. Okay, then two of those hit. Uh, damage here. Pull this all at once. All right, so then that is 44 total points of damage. You're going to have to do better than that, jump. Yeah, now that you guys are full health, this is just futility. Uh, so go ahead and uh, we will start with Excel. I can guarantee that if you hit either one, they're both going to go down. So you can probably well, hit both. Yeah. Just I'm looking at time and I know Brayden's limited. Yep. Uh, do we have any idea where that spellcaster would have teleported away to? Nope. It's uh, the teleport be- spell, so anywhere in the world. So in that case, yeah, I'm going to attack either one of the ones that is nearly dead. Yep, Skeleton would be right next to you. The Warlord would be about 50 feet away, but like you said, you can oh, go we're anywhere. Finishing, we're finishing off the Warlord. Uh, Lois was a uh, 22. Yep, that would hit either of them. Okay, so that's, we'll see how we do. 32? Yeah, that's more that's than enough. Okay, how much would I be able to move, use some of my attacks towards the other one? Oh, yeah. Okay, so 22. So that was 6 plus 5 is 11. Yep. Okay, you are very easily able to dispatch both of them. At that point, the, uh, the with the wizard gone and everything else, the shard of the soulmonger falls into the lava, and it finishes dissolving and sputtering. The souls of the dead then dissipate, and everything goes silent once again. The vorpal sword lays at the feet of Excel, which is a very, very, very dangerous thought, because it's a scimitar. Oh, God. Yes. We then... Go on to our reviews, because I know we're running very short on time. So go ahead and take it away, Brayden. Let us know what you thought. Wow, 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 wait. <laughs> uh, Tago was a lot of fun to play. I think that the Kakamura race may need a touch bit of balancing as the potential of having Excel attack at 30 stops. What would it be? 48d6 in one round is just ridiculous. <laughs> 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 and one of the reasons I didn't allow him to grab onto me because uh, I think that definitely needs to be buffed or changed around to where it can only be used as a throwing weapon 
and can't be used to uh, strike with, which was what the original intent was, but uh, from the wording it did work out that I could be used as a melee weapon, but I think that needs to change because this is going to get ridiculous. Even a uh, high level fighter with four attacks could potentially be getting out 24d6 damage in one round with me, uh, which would be ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, that definitely needs to get buffed. Uh, the clown class overall, I think the only true change I could see uh, would be probably coming at later levels instead of being able to cast the ninth level spell a number of different times, just keep those ninth level castings to uh, only one per uh, long rest set. So you can only expend, you're still using your performance arts to uh, fuel those castings, but uh, the ability to cast potentially up to three ninth level spells, and especially when I could have cast, uh, if I was wearing my star power uh, clown makeup, potentially cast Meteor Swarm three times would have been decidedly devastating for this entire encounter. Um, yeah, apart from that, I think that Bob, you should insert some sort of jingly sound effect right now as I am giving this class the golden Fredo star of approval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this class, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I recommend this class to anyone who wants to play something uh, light-hearted and a lot of fun. Uh, it has a lot of good support options and a good uh, number of options that you can take to make you very niche in what you can do, but uh, able to swap that out over a long rest. And uh, this class is just simply too much fun. I'll give this uh, 100% five stars and great reviews all over the DM guild. And it is definitely something I think you should all go and check out. So yeah, thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. Uh, see you on the next one for sure. Uh, hi, so holy cow. Uh, what to say? First and foremost, I have to give a huge, huge thank you to Z uh, Zyres. This has been a blast, and I think there does need to be some balancing going on, for sure. I've only played one of the three paths of the Exemplar. You could also do a strength-based one, which is strength over speed. There's an elemental one where you're effectively a wizard caster. You definitely could use some balance in a few places, but the limitation of that, those stamina points, having 15, I burnt through them in two rounds. I was through nine of them. And that tells me it's not too bad. Uh, we had been talking a little bit, and I'm going to open it up to you guys to kind of give input. But some actions like the heightened senses, plus three to any single attack roll or deck saving throw. I think we had talked that it would make sense that I would get that, but like plus one or half my proficiency modifier maybe at the major checkpoint. All yeah, in all, scaling benefits are always really nice. Yeah, so maybe look into some more scaling benefits for the class, because definitely that max speed at level 17 felt amazing, and the reaction to make an attack automatically miss, A, saved my head literally, and B, that felt good compared to like the druid at level 20. <laughs> It didn't seem that overpowered to me, but I've never played level 20 characters before. Um, it does give me advantage on all deck saving throws, or I have advantage on most decks and wisdom throws at this point, which is good. And it feels great, and I would give the class like a 4 out of 5. We are almost there. Uh, definitely dash or disengage as a bonus action, not add, as we discussed at the beginning. And the other big part is the concentration. I'm not, like, it 
what are your guys' thoughts on the blur and taste versus, like, in combination? Uh, Mike and I had a conversation about this not too long ago when we were working on uh, a subclass that he has been dealing a lot with. And one comment I made to him was, I feel there's a reason why keeping multiple concentration spells up with little to no drawback is so very rare in 5th edition. And that big reason is, is because when you can stack things like that, it can get ridiculously overpowered really quickly. So having haste and blur at the same time with no penalties is, that is one of those features that really points to we shouldn't be letting this happen because it can really cause a lot of problems. Um, that, that makes sense to me. I honestly would say max speed probably should be a concentration spell as well. I feel like having max con- max speed be concentration is a good idea because you get so many benefits from it that it really needs to be... Like, like I said, the class is a really good starting point but I think there's some things that need to be kind of reined in to, to make it really feel like it belongs in, in the D&D universe or, you know, throw that disclaimer, you know, leave it as is, but say, hey, you know, only use these in really high-level campaigns where, you know, yeah, it's going to be really strong, but you're going to be facing things that you need to be really strong against. And that makes sense to me. Uh, I definitely wouldn't recommend uh, multi-classing with it. Though easily done would cause a lot of problems. Could you I imagine sneak attack bonus? <laughs> sneak, sneak attack bonus, or you know, you both class a fighter to get that action surge. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like in that class, there's enough built into it. Um, just spending, like, honestly, the first thing, spending those stamina points to gain extra attacks over and over and over again. Um, like you said, you burned your 15 stamina points quickly, but I mean, how many points did it take to make one extra attack? One. Uh, one. Uh, you were capped it. If you have 15 start of a, of, a, of a thing, of a combat, and you get two attacks to begin with, if you spend one off of that, plus you have haste, you're making three attacks in a round just off of your class, and so you can make three attacks in a round, and then of those 15, make three extra attacks every round, if that's, if that's all that you did was just stand there and make six attacks around. Over the course of five rounds, you would have 30 attacks. That's yeah. way more than a fighter gets, and that fighter doesn't have the defensive capabilities outside of armor that you do. So, I mean, that's that class is ridiculously... I mean, there's a lot to it, and there's a lot of opportunities. And so that's why I kind of agree with what Michael was saying about uh, certain things like operating like that. There should be... When they start to achieve a higher level of ability, and you have more going for you with no drawbacks, um, that in and of itself... You know, there needs to be some level of counteraction to it. And so where Michael was saying, uh, concentrating on more than one spell without some type of a drawback. So I'd say, I don't know if it was mentioned in there, is there anything about when you go at mock speed, is there a point where you have a chance to become the team? Because no, but it should though, be. Like we look, we look, I mean, obviously this, this uh, class emulates the Flash and or uh, Quicksilver. Um, so like, even those guys, after the end of some of these massive bursts of speed, they're worn out for you know a moment you know and so the they have the exhaustion skills or the exhaustion rules in the book so say that like for every turn that you box speed you make a save at the end of your turn make a save have it started something ridiculously low like five you know and it becomes like a constitution check versus dc at five 
And so you're going to not fail it for, you know, the first five, six turns for sure. I mean, you're guaranteed to make that. And then you get to the point where I've been going at box speed for 10 rounds. Now I have a chance of failing and becoming exhausted. So it's almost that like you put everything you have into the beginning and then, oh no, now I'm exhausted. And you're exhausted for like a, like a D3 rounds. And then you can I, get back into it again. The other thing I probably would think about adding, just based on the heroes you mentioned, is it has a requirement to, like, as a bonus action, eat a ration per round. Moving that fast, you're burning so many calories. Like, yep, yep, there is a, the metabolic factor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would make sense to me, there's a limiting factor. Okay, yeah, you get it once per day, but it also burns your bonus action. And that would, I think, kind of bring it back into check quite a bit, because my bonus action has a lot of potential right now. Yeah, with having both, well, he already talked about knocking it down to dash or disengage, but yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, but in this case, I couldn't do either, because now I've, to maintain max speed, I've eaten a ration. So I think there is some definite, some wiggle room to bring this back in a line. I don't think it's as far away as it, like, it could have been, for sure. This is already the version 2.0. The creator is actively working for, looking for feedback and making changes based on it. I think as a, I'm dropping into a game and I want to be a superhero, he's done a fantastic job. It, I felt like a speedster this entire time, even at fourth level, it felt amazing. And I think that's just going to maintain. So if I were setting up a game for a group of kids, for example, in the school, because there is something going on, this would be a great class to hand out and be like, do your checkbox. What kind of hero do you want to be? What race do you want to be? And just kind of work from there. So, thank you for having me. It's been an amazing time in my first ever monster campaign of the Homebrew Review, and I hope to be back again. Thanks so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is another successful podcast in the books, and I have to say, I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, going, at this point, uh, for reviews, we're going to do this two-part. Um, first of all, I want to say big, big thank you to Omniscient Spork for your Madurian raids. Um, I had a lot of fun. Thematically, it was a perfect match for my class. Uh, the idea of a you know half gorilla, half turtle just is is wonderful to me. And all of the uh, all of the sub races that you made for it all give it you know enough of a different feel for each one to really give it potential for nearly any campaign. Because you've got I don't remember right off the top of my head what each of the uh, the sub-races are called, but you've got the cave turtles that, you know, get dark vision and tunneling speeds, and you've got the sea turtles that have, you know, ridiculous benefits to underwater movement. I mean, they all feel really good, and all feel really fun, and I wish I could have played them all because they're just brilliant, and so they were all very well balanced. I mean, you know, right along along line the turtle, they, they're perfect D&D fodder. I mean, well, well done. Uh, well done on that. And then moving on to Tables Are Us. The Chieftain, if someone didn't know any better, would swear that it was it was just ripped right out of a supplement. Everything felt like it meshed really well. The the war chants and the battle cries all gave it that just primal you know, power that they would expect from a tribal leader. And you know, all of the abilities just you know once again, uh, I only played the, the Tyrant Mantle of Power, but you know, everything I was doing felt like a, a grand war leader, you know, just shouting at my allies to keep them from taking attacks or, or you know, yelling at my enemies to 
you know, cripple them and, you know, just deal that demoralizing damage that you expect from a, a powerful war leader is just, it felt so good. And then, you know, that, that option, once you hit the 20th level, that's, you know, you've been doing so much for your allies. Now here's a little something for you. And I think that was just really what made it work. You know, being able to, as an option, you know, all right, I am going to use this ability on my ally here. So many times, like I said at the very beginning, I just wanted to be able to use it on myself. And having that option really, really just rounded it out. You know, what is it? It takes it from being a good, solid support class to, you know, just that extra that you need at the 20th level. And, I have to say that it's probably one of the most balanced classes that I've played on the review, and I will thoroughly recommend any DM that's listening, let your characters use it. It's that, that good. So, thank you once again, Omniscient Spork and Tables R Us, for what are arguably the most balanced race class combo that I've played in a long time on this podcast, and I'm hoping to find more content like it in the future. So, here I am, uh, a guy with uh, admitted arachnophobia, playing a spider humanoid <clears throat> circle of the hive, turning into spiders and other nasty little insects. I had a blast with this as my first time trying a druid in 5th edition. Um, obviously, I didn't get the, the root experience, but I definitely get the feel of it. Um, I love the druid spell list. You got a nice complement of healing abilities, support abilities, and some of the some of those druid spells, holy cow, those undead, just no match to Sunbeam and Sunburst. Um, so that was fantastic. But as far as Circle of the Hive, uh, hats off to Duskwolf. Um, I think this, I've seen a few, and I think these are pretty difficult to make because you're incorporating swarm templates with something that normally only has like the standard templates. And, uh, I feel like the way that he set it up so that you can level these up, but it doesn't get out of control. Um, and again, you know, swarms have specific vulnerabilities. Um, that our first session against the dragon, spray attack, the breath weapon, you know, what are you going to do? I feel like it didn't show off what it really could have been then. But uh, as we excelled into the next few episodes, uh, being able to consistently cover a wide area of the battlefield, be able to come out of swarm shape and heal, be able to cast a spell, and then I think my favorite ability of this whole thing, you're going to say infestation. It never really worked the way that we wanted it to. Um, it's, I think it's kind of hard to get it to work. Uh, they got to fail that, that constitution save. And if they don't make it, then you've spent your action for literally nothing happens. So I feel like that's a little, it's kind of a loss there. Um, but if it does go off, man, holy crap, 10d10, damn near ignorable piercing damage would have been amazing. Uh, but I think my favorite ability was Scatter. Uh, a few times I took that ability to stand right in front of the enemy and just taunt them. And as they swing, I just erupt into a pile of spiders, climb all over them, give them the, the will save to make them frightened, and then have disadvantage to attack me while I have resistance. Um, tons of fun. Like, all these abilities are very creative and very useful. Like, at first I thought, oh, I'm just going to stand here and be spiders and attack things. Um, at the 20th level, being able to cast healing spells. I didn't have to because we were actually doing very well during this last encounter, but having the ability to literally cast a healing spell while in a 50-foot line of swarm on all of my allies was fantastic. Um, 
I don't really have any issues with balance necessarily. I don't feel, obviously, the spell list was not changed. Um, uh, the benefit to the swarm is the resistance and the ability to make multiple attacks across the battlefield. The drawback being uh, the swarm shape con is 10. So, like the discussion we had during the session, uh, Micah had said there's another feat that might have been better uh, instead of resilience. And what feat was that you said, Micah? Uh, that was the, the Warcaster feat, which it's it, the big benefit in, in your uh, case, Mike, is that it grants advantage on uh, concentration checks. <clears throat> right. So, so I guess at that point we're looking for that. Uh, do I go with advantage and have two rolls at a plus zero, or do I want one roll at a plus uh, six, basically? Um, and I guess at that point it's kind of you know, if, if or uh, the one benefit, however, though, was um, when I'm not in swarm shape. Um, so when when I'm in swarm shape, I get the resistance. So having that benefit um, uh, plus six, even in swarm shape, gives me a chance to beat that uh, that half damage against like slashing, piercing, bludgeoning. However, when I'm not in swarm shape, I actually get the full value of my constitution, which is plus four. So now I've got straight up plus ten. And so I don't know. I mean, it could go either way. I guess it's up to personal preference. Um, but getting that proficiency yep. in the comp, I felt really helped out. Uh, I only lost concentration due to that, I think, twice in the last session. So your other option, Mike, is to, if you have room as you're building your character, take both feats. You know, I could have done that because I went ahead and added, a, uh, at 20th level, I went ahead and added the plus two to wisdom and rounded out my, uh, my wisdom to 20. Um, so yeah, but again, I mean, if you're looking to play this class, um, it's a read. There's it's three, two and a half pages, and there's a lot to take in, and there's a lot of uh, reactions, a lot of actions, a lot of spending one thing to do another. Um, and I know that I did make some mistakes, but I apologize uh, for the times where I failed to uh, check specific things that should or should not have happened in time. Uh, but again, you know, it's a learning experience, and I had a blast playing it. Great job, Duskwolf. Um, I don't really have any specifics that I would say that needs to be changed. Um, it just, yeah, it was great. And as far as the arachnid, um, not a whole lot. We didn't do a whole lot with that. Um, I think I used my water walking ability once, um, and it was to a very minor degree. Um, but the ability to cast web was also fun, and that comes from both the class and the So once again, this is Stitches, a.k.a. Mike, hanging out with Bob Nolte in the Home Brew Review. And thanks for having me, and check us out next week. All right. I think that is everything. So thank you guys very, very much for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. We hope to see you next week in another wonderful episode. Go ahead and say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website along with links to all the material at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you are able, please check out Syndicate Games in Kearney, Nebraska for all of your gaming needs. So thank you all very much, and we hope to see you next week.